Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiadeen. Today is Thursday, November 16th. Coming up, residents of South Kansas City are banding together against a proposed landfill in their area. People are still kind of scratching their heads as to why this is you know, being proposed in that area um, if we don't necessarily have the need for it yet in our region. We'll hear why the fight has made it all the way to the Missouri legislature. But first, some headlines. U.S. Representative Emmanuel Cleaver of Kansas City says he won't sign a resolution calling for President Biden to support a ceasefire in Gaza. KCUR's George Russell has more. Speaking with KCUR's Up to Date, Cleaver said the ceasefire now resolution still depends on Israel and Hamas to independently agree to halt military actions. Cleaver said he's not confident the legislation, which is co-sponsored by fellow Missouri Democrat Cory Bush, will lead to any concrete results. You can't vote a ceasefire into existence. You, you can't just sign your name on thing and say, I'm, I'm in favor of ceasefire, and it happens. Local activist groups like Al Hadaf and KC Tenants have been urging Cleaver to sign the resolution and staged a sit-in at his Kansas City office last week. The groups say that pressure from U.S. political leaders is essential to de-escalating the violence. The Kansas City Fire Department has serious concerns about a plan to reduce the city's 911 call wait times. Here's KCUR's Sam Zeff. Last month, the wait time when someone called the Kansas City Police with an emergency was 34 seconds. That's 10 times longer than most police and fire departments in the metro. The Mid-America Regional Council just approved a contract to add an auto attendant. For example, callers would press one for police and two for fire. But in a memo obtained by KCUR, the fire department says an auto attendant system would send 31,000 additional calls a year to fire dispatchers. The memo says the department would have to expand its communication center, add a dozen new employees, all at a cost of $3.6 million. A spokesman for Mayor Lucas says he's evaluating the plan. The Kansas Board of Education is once again supporting a bill to let school districts attach cameras to school buses to help catch drivers who illegally pass a stopped bus. The cameras would capture photos of license plates, and then tickets would be mailed to owners of vehicles that commit the violation. Deputy Education Commissioner Craig Newenswander says a driver passing a stopped school bus killed an Abilene girl in 2020. When we first started introducing the bill and discussing it, Uh, There had not been a death because of a vehicle running a stop arm. We can't say that anymore. Under current Kansas law, a police officer has to witness a driver passing a bus to write a ticket for the offense. A similar bill was introduced in the state legislature last year, but did not make it out of committee. We'll be back after this. Earlier this year, cities like Raymore, Lee's Summit, Grandview, and Belton got together to oppose the building of a potential 430-acre landfill nearby in South Kansas City. The proposal didn't make it through the Missouri legislature. Now, a new political action committee is lobbying lawmakers to block it again. Meg Cunningham is a reporter for the Kansas City Beacon who's been covering the story. She told KCUR's Steve Kraske why people are so united against the landfill. So, Meg, for our listeners who don't know about this landfill situation in South Kansas City, tell us what this debate is all about. 
Yeah. So let's take it back to mid 2022. The city of Raymore had started hearing rumblings that there was interest in some land right outside city limits to turn it into a new landfill development. Um, and so they kind of started asking questions, asking around people hadn't really heard about it. Um, and so it it kind of went throughout the year. Um, people were still trying to find out more information. But once the legislative session started in 2023, it, it became apparent to some of those folks that there was actually a little bit more information floating around that they just hadn't been kind of clued into was their feeling. Um, so there was, you know, a team of lobbyists in the Capitol working to help get this uh, landfill kind of across the finish line in their own way. And that's kind of where we've left things now. Hmm. So why is there a landfill being proposed here in South Kansas City in the first place, Meg? Well, that's a good question. I think that's a, a question that a lot of folks in South Kansas City are also asking. Um, you know, as as a result of, of this debate, um, Kansas City kind of commissioned a needs study to see when will we actually need another landfill in our region? Um, and and that result was, you know, not till 2037. Um, right now, you know, our region's landfills are at about 67% capacity, according to that study, which came out about this time last month. People are still kind of scratching their heads as to why this is, you know, being proposed in that area. Um, if we don't necessarily have the need for it yet in our region. So, you know, there's still no clear answer as to why exactly this is being proposed. Um, but, the, the feeling from the folks in South Kansas City and Raymore, you know, those parts of Lee Summit that are, you know, kind of right on the edge of this is, um, you know, that this is just a, a profiting opportunity, really. Hmm. So what's at the core of why people don't want this landfill? I mean, it obviously doesn't smell great. It's not good for your health. I get all that. <laughs> but they have other reasons for this, too, right? Yeah. You know, if you've driven around in that area the last couple of months, it's subdivisions popping up left and right. Um, and so there's been a lot of new development. Um, you know, there's an elementary school not too far from right there, um, a church, you know, right across the street. And so people people feel like, you know, it's kind of an unfair use of the land when there's so much, you know, development kind of sprawling out um, into, into those more rural areas of South Kansas City. Um, and, you know, they, they don't want to jeopardize that growth in their communities um, with with a landfill kind of smack dab in the middle of, of these, mm. you know, three cities that are sitting right there. So the exact location is where, Meg? So if you're driving, you're going down 150 toward Grandview. Um, you're right on the border of Lee Summit and then Raymore's on the other side. And technically you're in Kansas City city limits. So driving down Highway 150 and Lee Summit and then you hit Horridge Road and it kind of shoots off um, toward Raymore and, you know, it's about 430 acres and it's parceled out to a ton of different folks. Um, but I know there is one family that owns a good amount of, of that land. And I think that's kind of why this site potentially was proposed because it would just be, you know, kind of buying from one trust or something like that, as opposed to maybe trying to parcel together tons of different pieces of land. Um, in this situation, there is there is, you know, quite a bit of land that appears to belong to, you know, one family. Hmm. Well, there's a big grassroots push to oppose this landfill. Talk about what that looks like and how they're using Facebook to make the push here. You know, once once people started hearing about this, they kind of took to Facebook and made a big Facebook group and people you know, were sharing information, like I mentioned earlier. Um, they felt that it was really hard for them to figure out what actually was going on. And so this was kind of a method for them to you know, post what they were hearing, um, spread the word and, you know, try and organize to to stop this landfill. And the Facebook group has almost 4,500 people in it. And as a result, 
um, you know, people have have turned and started fundraising to try and bring that effort um, to to the legislature uh, to try and get the landfill stopped there. I was going to say residents are raising money and they're creating a political action committee now to help their efforts. So what's this money going to be used for? That that money is used for hiring lobbyists. Um and it's not something that you necessarily hear too often, um, but yeah, they've had a couple of really successful fundraisers through the fall, and their their goal with doing that was to be able to hire a team of lobbyists so that they could kind of take their hands off of the the hard work in Jefferson City and and let those lobbyists kind of fight their fight a little bit um, since they're obviously trained to do so. They brought on lobbying firm run by the former Missouri Speaker of the House and are, are working with them this year to to try and have a little bit more of that kind of insider power that it can take in the Capitol sometimes to block a bill or get another bill passed. So you've spoken with some lobbyists and politicians in Jeff City about this proposed landfill. What are they hearing from folks who live near the potential site? Yeah. So, you know, the the members of the legislature that I've spoken with so far, obviously, you know, these are their communities, but they're also, you know, representing their constituents and their concerns about this. So they they want to get this landfill stopped just, you know, just as much as the next person. Right. Um, so they have introduced legislation in 2023. There were a couple different um, versions of bills that, you know, would basically extend the radius um, needed for approval from other municipalities. So it's it's kind of in the sweet spot right now because this proposed site is in Kansas City. Um, but you know, there's other cities nearby that are larger or out further than half a mile, which is currently how the statute is written. So they want to change the statute. So you have to get approval from municipalities that are a mile out. So that would include, you know, Raymore, Lee Summit, Belton, um, Grandview when when mm. considering this landfill. Um, so basically bringing those other municipalities into the fold so they can kind of weigh in on whether or not they want this. Not in their city limits, but right next door. So, you know, given how much pushback there's been against this landfill, what stood in the way of taking action to stop it? I mean, who in the legislature is is pushing back against this thing? Yeah. So so last year, you know, the the family that is proposing this landfill, they had a, you know, a, a number of lobbyists. I think during the session they had 18 or 19 and now it's, I think, dropped down a couple. But they had a huge team of lobbyists basically wow. helping them out um, within the Capitol. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's no small chunk of change to, to hire that amount of people. That, that was part of the problem. You know, it got caught up in, you know, infighting in the Senate as we hear about every other issue in the legislature. Um, so it kind of was being footballed around a little bit and people knew that there were a lot of tensions around it. So um, it was one of those things that, um, you know, lawmakers were kind of able to filibuster and um, everyone could kind of have their say on this issue, um, whether or not it was related to their district or not. Right. There was some filibustering. And eventually, you know, Senator Rick Bratton of Harrisonville um, and some other you know, area members were able to kind of cut a deal with Senate leadership and say, OK, I'm, I'm going to step down from my filibuster in response but this needs to be a bill that we see really early in the session next year on the floor. And that's the promise that they had. So they're really crossing their fingers that that's going to get kept uh, once the session starts in a few months. I mean, Meg, this is a pretty amazing legislative story now. And I guess lawmakers, mm-hmm. what, have a plan in place for 2024 to prevent this all from happening, right? I mean, tell us about that. What are some of the pieces to this puzzle? Yeah, I think they're hoping that, you know, they can get those bills through committee really early in the session. Um, you know, not a ton of big changes to that legislation. And they're really crossing their fingers that 
since everyone has a better understanding of this issue, you know, heading into the session, that they'll be able to to get their bills passed. I think one of the things that they ran into last year was, you know, they had to kind of educate the entire conference on why this was a problem, um, or so they say. Um, and so that took a little bit of extra legwork in in the session. And you know, as we know, bills don't typically pass the first year they're introduced. So this is kind of a typical legislative, um, you know, finagling that we're seeing right now where we're kind of trying to watch more, more lawmakers whip people into, into supporting this. Um, so, you know, they're hoping with early introduction of the bill, getting it through committee, getting it on the Senate floor early before people can really start fighting and getting, you know, riled up about other issues that maybe it will be a kind of mm. seamless passage and they can, you know, take this one back home to their districts. But, um, you know, we can't we can't speak too soon on that, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the other factor here is that uh, from a legislative standpoint, for lawmakers who aren't directly located nearby this proposed landfill, that something like this could happen in their communities, right? So there, there is broad interest in maybe stopping something like this from occurring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, Representative Mike Hafner, who he's a House member from Pleasant Hill, um, that was his exact concern that he conveyed to me. Um, so he's, you know, introducing a bill to specifically update the state statute with the half mile, mile radius notification thing that we talked about earlier. Um, but he's also talking with the Department of Natural Resources and other, you know, waste industry experts on, okay, what else needs to be updated in this system? He said, you know, I really don't want to see this happen to another community in Missouri. So he's, you know, worried about that and introducing a couple different pieces of legislation on that front to to make sure that the processes within the Department of Natural Resources are up to date, um, because a lot of these statutes, you know, haven't been looked at in a couple of decades. Just a final point. How do you see this playing out? Such a great question. I think, you know, if it if it can make it into onto the floor early, um, you know, I think I could see relatively unanimous agreement on this. It passed the House, you know, with flying colors last year. Um, and, you know, every everything lives or dies in the Senate. Right. So it'll just be a matter of how how the Senate perceives this this year. Um, but if they if they can get it onto the floor early, I think it does have a pretty good chance of passing. That was Meg Cunningham of the Kansas City Beacon and KCUR's Steve Kraske. You can read Meg's story on the South Kansas City landfill at kcur.org or at kcbeacon.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Anna Schmidt, and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.